Welcome to the PSD Cast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and on today's show, we're talking about the narrowband IoT. Now, a number of markets worldwide still don't have proper LTE coverage, let alone 5G or support for larger IoT networks, so narrowband IoT has become a viable alternative for solutions that are low-cost, with long battery life, and, they're prim- and that are primarily indoors. And these applications are ideal for transmitting small bits of data over time. Today's guest is Ryan DeBoer with Mori, which is a manufacturing company that works with major mobile network providers. And he's here to discuss the benefits of the narrowband IoT in the global market. But Ryan, thanks for joining us. And let's go beyond my meager little explanation. How would you describe the narrowband IoT? So narrowband IoT is a very interesting technology and an adaptation from LTE that allows you to have a very low-cost piece of silicon in a module or a system on chip that allows you to transmit data, bits of data, uh, very inexpensively. Uh, So when I say inexpensively, um, you know, back 10-plus years ago, uh, data rates were a really big concern in system engineering, and this is an example of carrying that forward so that you can you can take a, a few dollar chipset uh, that's narrowband IoT and be attaching that to some kind of smart sensor and be able to transmit that data to the cloud for 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 pennies on the dollar. And what that does is that it allows you to have um, access to data that would previously need to be meshed in, or uh, transmitted through a gateway. Um, now you can just be directly connected to the cloud. And that opens up the door for um, capturing and acquiring data from very inexpensive smart sensors, which you know, pretty much is opening the door for IoT to be at scale. Right. Now, why, more, why might certain companies and markets prefer uh, a narrowband IoT over investing in 5G or large IoT networks? I think mostly because the carriers globally have uh, started to roll out LTE networks. Uh, Obviously, the United States is the furthest ahead in that. And in a lot of the world, you'll still see 2G applications because those networks are still being supported. But um, 5G specifically, you know, has very limited coverage in the United States. And a lot of the chipsets currently are uh, much more expensive. You know, obviously, over time, through Moore's Law, those chipsets that are compatible with the use cases of a narrowband IoT will come down in cost. But currently, uh, the, the sweet spot of the, the cost uh, and the availability of narrowband IoT modules plus the major carriers supporting narrowband IoT networks has created a, a really strong window for smart sensors to be created that are you know, living in the field remotely, um, with very low power consumption um, and, you know, a variety of applications that previously just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Now, now you, me- you mentioned uh, local cases. Uh, let- let's-, let's go a little larger. So how does the onset of globalization affect demand for the narrowband IoT? So at Mori, we have partners globally, um, both in Europe and in Asia, And you're seeing that across the board, um, narrowband IoT is becoming increasingly more popular. Obviously, there is a um, a cellular network portion to this whole thing for it to be able to work, but you are seeing networks supporting fallback to 2G as well. 
Um, so there, there is applications for that. But you know, when it comes to um, creating a solution that's a global solution, um, you know, sometimes if you're, especially if you're integrating pre-certified modules from the major module manufacturers, you know, you're sometimes sometimes limited to what they have. But we also have partners that are creating their own system on chip designs. Um, working with the silicon uh, companies so that they have, you know, an opportunity for a true global um, narrowband IoT modem. Right. Now, now speaking of, of your partners, could you describe a recent use case for the narrowband IoT that you were privy to? You know, what were that particular user's requirements, and why was the uh, narrowband IoT such a great fit? Sure. Uh, I think one of the cooler applications that I've seen is in the construction off highway space. So you see a lot of uh, telematics and IoT um, and powered and non or non-powered and sometimes powered assets. But these are typically pretty big, pretty expensive um, products that are, you know, doing a pretty decent amount of data acquisition. And, uh, and then interfacing to some kind of a cloud dashboard. But, you know, what you're seeing now is uh, pre previously a lot of the proliferated um, tools and other assets that were non-powered or really small, um, sometimes they're having a Bluetooth beacon or a Bluetooth tag that was being attached to these things, and then they were being captured through a gateway over Bluetooth, which is kind of a, a, a hub-in-the-spoke kind of a model. But now with narrowband IoT being as inexpensive as it is, we're seeing some great applications of narrowband IoT um, and smart sensors, things that are doing you know, a, a simple accelerometer. Uh, so just if something's been shaken or moved or some other in, inputs and outputs that are, you know, whether an engine's been started or um, tank level monitoring, et cetera, where you're, you're gathering data in it very inexpensively, and it doesn't need to be real time. It's, it's you know, within a day or two or even a week in some cases is, is plenty good enough, but it's directly to the cloud uh, as opposed to, you know, if a gateway is not within a certain proximity, you're not picking up that asset um, into, your, into your cloud system. Hmm. Well, very cool. I, uh Thanks a bunch, Ryan. On behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in.